Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There we go. Um, welcome, everybody, to Cult Elders. This is a show we do on... Uh, the Cop Publisher podcast where we listen to or read our patrons' thoughts on the previous three episodes, uh, which you can get involved with for as little as $15 a month over at patreon.com slash Richard, I wanted to talk to you about something that happened mm. and Mission, Impos- Mission colon Impossible dash Dead Reckoning part one. <laughs> yep. There is a scene in this, and I feel like it's been the movie came out long ago enough now that I can talk about a scene in the movie without it feeling like a spoiler. Um, But there's a scene in it where Hayley Atwell and Tom Cruise are handcuffed together, and they have to ride around in a little yellow mini Cooper. Yeah, right. And I remember the scene well. Yeah. No, I haven't seen anyone talk about this. But I want That's to talk about too silly what... of a car to do that in. <laughs> yeah, pick a better car. No. <laughs> do you reckon there was a sexual undertone to that scene? Uh, yeah, probably. Mm. Because there are moments in it, because they're handcuffed and he's driving, where it looks like she's giving him a hand job. Like, there's mm. a few, there's, it's a very hand jobby shot. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Like, if I were directing a scene where someone was giving someone a handjob in a car, that's how I would frame it. And just the fact that it's handcuffs and they have to crawl over each other to, like, get to different... And the reason why I'm bringing this up is, is like, if this was in any other movie, I'd be like, yeah, it's got sexual undertones. Who gives a shit? But it's because it's Tom Cruise, who seems to have, like abandoned sex (laughs) you know what what did you get any of these vibes watching that well i think the the thing is that it's like there's a lot of stuff in the mission impossible the specifically the christopher mcquarrie ones where it's like there are these little bits and i think there is supposed to be uh, a humor drawn from it as well that it's like it's not just Mm. oh it's you know sexual it was it's look at this uncomfortably close Mm. quarters these two have to be in who Mm. don't want to be handcuffed to each other right now and they don't Mm. they don't want to be too close to each other but i think that there's just an inherent sexuality to being that close to someone yeah 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 and and i think what it is because again in any other movie say this was uh american pie the man from uh, man from uncle (laughs) american pie the american pie from uncle like another action movie with a different star say that was henry cavill and hayley atwell or or it was um army hammer and from the man from uncle they would get together and those two characters, they mm. would they, there would be a romantic tension established, and they would probably kiss at the end, or even from the start there would have been some tension there, and that scene would have like you know riled things up, got everything a little she hotter would have given and heavier. Him a hand job. She would have given him a hand job, 
And I'm just saying, like, the the inherent asexuality of Tom Cruise makes it all a bit weird because there is this this like it's like they they want them to flirt but then they never really go anywhere with it and he sort of just seems more of like her protector than her love interest and they don't kiss at the end i mean there's still part two there's still mission colon impossible dash dead reckoning part two to go Mm. so maybe they'll fucking go down on each other in that one who knows wow. maybe that'll be the, the famous dropping from a high distance and hanging scene will be a sex scene that would be legitimately quite compelling and a clever way to subvert the hanging Still a call back, yeah 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 <laughs> um mm. yeah well you know thank you for bringing that to the table aj mm, thank uh, you. but we have got a lot to get through today <laughs> so uh yes i may cut that out uh, when I get to the editing <laughs> stage of this. All right. We've got some some housekeeping, some admin to do at mm-hmm. the top. At the end of our last episode, our, our immediate last episode, the Paranormal Activity um, Film Franchise Fortnights, we roll, no, we the patrons chose that we would be covering the Star Trek films uh, in, the, in the weeks following. And that's there's a lot of films there and it's divided very neatly into different generations or whatever you want to call it. And we, we was, we sort of left the episode unsure exactly what we would be doing with it because I'm also going to the UK in a matter of weeks and meeting of the elders wasn't factored into doing multi-weeks. So anyway, what we're doing, and this is sort of what we discussed behind the scenes is that uh the star trek original series next generation and then the calvin timeline or the jj J. abrams films will come out each two weeks apart so next week we will release our episode on the six original series films two weeks after that the picard led next generation and then two weeks after that um some of those will come out when i'm in the uk so we will have to um we're going to record them all before i leave and then uh, because we, we figured normally between Next Generation and Calvin, we would be due to do the next Cult Elders, but I won't be in a position to be able to record that. Uh, mm. So we're going to wait until after we've released the Calvin Timeline episode, where I should mm. be, I'll be in the UK still, but I should be uh, have the ability to record yeah. an episode. And... Uh, we figured, oh, we may as well wait until all of the Star Trek stuff is out and then do a Elders just on that. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, anything else. This does also mean that there's... The Calvin Timeline episode will be releasing when a Patreon-chosen episode for Franchise should be out. Mm. Uh, so we will have to work something else out around True. where the Patreon vote comes into it. Uh, but mm. we'll we'll see how we get on. Well, we were going to also do patrons voting for an off week. We, mm, talk, we talked that about we that we could record we? before we before I leave. Yeah. yeah, so maybe we should set that up so that we have something to to put out in between the episodes. Yeah, yeah. So fun, fun stuff. But here today on the meeting of the elders, we're once again. If you want to get involved, head on over to Patreon.com/slash/ColPopsha. We're going to be reading out our patrons' comments on the following podcast episodes: Men in Black. Bad moments and good movies, and paranormal activity. 
Paranormal Activity. <laughs> <clears throat> and here we begin with them. The first comment here is from Cheese on our little secret Cult Elders Discord server who has the following to say about Men in Black. They say, The first was probably one of my favourite movies as a kid. One reason I liked Will Smith for a long time. He's just very funny and entertaining... Uh, it was just a very funny and entertaining movie. I was excited for the sequel and then vastly disappointed. The other sequels are, are just okay, but don't rival the first in any way. Um, and then said, great mo- great moments and bad movies was a fun ep. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, uh, what do you think about Do you think that... Um, <laughs> yeah, do you think it's fun and entertaining? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think that it was very fun and entertaining. But I think mm. that the sequels... Uh, just okay, but don't really rival the first in any way. What do you think is the worst Men in Black sequel? Uh, uh International. You reckon? What do you I think? I don't think is? International. I don't think International is worse than two. I think they're about the same. Level yeah, well, bands. you were weirdly into International, weren't you? I was weirdly into International. Um, Cheese also has the following to say on Paranormal Activity One, it's worth four, pointing out five, six, and seven. <laughs> so <laughs> the on our Discord, there's like this uh, game that they do every week where they like randomly you get a partner and you like sort of give that person a movie to watch. And mm. before we wrote we released the episode they said they instead of doing the game that week they said let's just blindly agree to watch along with Mm. whatever the next franchise is so we had a lot of people watching all or some of the paranormal activity uh movies with us so there's probably more people informed than usual yeah, it almost makes you think this is what they should do every fortnight, guys. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's the point of having a movie club on a podcast Discord that's about watching sets of movies. But yeah. hey, it's a, it's run by the fans, so who am I to, mm. to tamper with it? This is what she says about Paranormal Activity, the first uh, three films. Paranormal Activity was a decent found footage horror. It's creepy. The actors do a great job and the scares are good. Paranormal Activity 2 did a decent job of going bigger with more cameras and more victims, including a baby and a dog. I felt there was there were maybe too many scenes in which nothing happened, but it was a decent sequel with cool twists in the story that changed how you see the first one. I think Paranormal Activity 2 is a brave movie for having so many scenes that feel like nothing. Wow. I think it... I think it makes when everything starts ramping up in the second half, I think it makes it that much sweeter because you've been desperate for something to happen for 45 minutes. Mm. Uh, The third one was pretty great. Going into the past to see the girls' childhoods was a good idea. The oscillating camera was very clever and created a lot of tension. I liked getting more of the lore with the witches and that stuff. The first three are a pretty great trilogy, in my opinion, and could have ended there. That's what you said. I'm I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, Mm. and I... I would did agree. I already uncloned. Wow. Uh, Paranormal Activity 4. The fourth is terrible. In the second movie, Katie takes Hunter and leaves at the end. In the fourth, we have a family with a creepy boy and mother next door. I logically assumed that that was Katie and Hunter, but of course I was wrong. For some fucking reason, Katie just has another boy of the same age and Hunter is actually the boy in the family? Tell you what, I have been reflecting on how little i understood of the ultimate (laughs) story that was paranormal activity Four, i reckon on the podcast it's one of the only times where i've literally like if you listen back when we get to paranormal activity four you're like and then this happens and i went yep 
sure whatever <laughs> i don't think i've ever done that before talk like relaying the story i'm wow. usually pretty clear like to make it pretty clear what happens to this day not really sure what happens in the end of paranormal activity four <laughs> um uh, so Katie is another boy of the same age. Hunter is actually the boy in the family. I could not get over this. You establish Katie as, as has Hunter at the end of two. Then in four, we see Katie has a young boy, but for no fucking reason. It's just another young boy out of nowhere. Who the fuck is Robbie? Why introduce a random young boy, which is capitalized as if it was the title of a novel, a random <laughs> other young boy, for no reason? God, this pissed me off so much. Feels like it was done to be a twist. Oh shit, Hunter is the other kid, but it makes no fucking sense. If you watch the documentary, you hear the directors talk about how they wanted the fourth to be a road movie to get out of the house which is a great idea and would have been cool let's talk about that in a second i think what it is with the the two boys Mm. is in the script they go yeah it's katie and hunter next door obviously and then as they're developing it they're like this needs a twist what if the boy that lives with the main character's family that her little brother is actually hunter and they when you're when you're like balls deep in writing a story these things can seem like good ideas they can seem like clever twists but then when you go back out again it's like right but this just feels confusing now like it doesn't feel like you've surprised me it feels like you've confused me and i you know like there would be yeah i i I think that yeah it is literally just like they wanted a twist i think the whole movie was written for the twist i i would say that it's like they say, oh, well, you know, what if, oh, it's revealed that Hunt is actually part of this family already. And then it's like, okay, well, we need to then have a second kid. And then mm. I, th- I think the, the twist is the whole reason this movie exists. Right. And still no good. No, yeah, say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, a fourth, a paranormal activity road movie, a mm. found footage horror road movie. Great idea. Yeah. Um, but what I could also see st- you getting to a bunch of like uh, roadblocks, so to speak, where it's like, how do we make this actually work as like, what are the rules of the demon that it's like, because you say, oh, it's a road movie, but it's like, does that just mean you're staying at various hotels where spooky goings mm, on start happening? Mm, or Because mm. I feel like that's spooky what Spooky goings on with. on the road? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but the main the main thing that I think what appeals to me about that is that the fourth one of all the of all seven films, it's the fourth one that needed to be something a little fresher. Mm. Like it's the fourth one that most out of all the films that most needs some kind of like injection of variety or newness to it. That's you know? the Hunter twist, baby. <clears throat> That's that Hunter twist. Paranormal Activity 5 and 6, Cheese says, Marked Ones is the least interesting, even if the superhero-ness is a bit too... Is at least interesting. I was going to say the least? It's probably yeah. the most interesting. <laughs> it's probably more interesting than the first one. Um, even if the superhero-ness is a bit too silly. Also, this bro is filming the craziest shit. Even when it's just his friend being beaten up, why would you keep filming your friend getting the shit kicked out of him? I did like the gangster shooting, which the witches with the shotgun. The time travel bit made no sense to me and was stupid ghost dimension fucking sucked i wanted to get more answers but not like this also it's been established over and over that all the shit that happens isn't ghosts it's demons so why even call it a ghost dimension Ugh. <laughs> very true yeah and the, finally i think the thing with like the why are you still filming that like i don't know i think that it makes a lot of sense in the marked ones because they're younger and like mm. 
Mm. Yeah, filming your friend getting beaten up. It's like, yeah, you would just like pull out your phone. Do you know? Do you know? And this is this might be one of those things where even if you didn't realize this, you now have the opportunity to pretend like you always realize this and make me seem stupid. Mm-hmm. It's one of these I I today I learned kind of situations. Yeah. The movie Chronicle, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the superhero found footage movie, and it, and the way that that does it is it's less like why would they still be filming, and more like it's taken footage from several different sources, like people filming on cameras yeah, yeah. on for the, on their phones and stuff. Is it called Chronicle because people have been chronicling it on their their own cameras? Like it is that's what a chronicle is is a series of events captured from different perspectives and sources. Because yeah. I've always been like. Chronicles are pretty broad and it's like the happening, right? You could call mm. any movie the happening. You call any movie chronicle. Like it's just it just mean I thought it just meant story, but to chronicle something is to record like literally record it. Mm. Or, yeah, or, I think or I put, always put it on record. That. I thought you might say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've just to be honest, I've never really thought about the title of Chronicle to be honest. Mm. But mm. if you'd asked me to, I would have said that because it's quite obvious. I think. Yeah, for sure. Part, parent, paranormal Activity 7. Uh, this is still from Cheese. I like Next of Kin, even if it broke a few rules of the franchise. Documentary crew and creepy Amish setting is a good setup. Characters do dumb shit, but oh well. I always enjoy creepy ritual cultish start type stuff. It could have just as easily been a parent, not have been a paranormal activity movie, though. It does seem, it doesn't seem too connected, really. Toby got his corporeal form in four, so if he's Asmodeus, how have they kept him locked in a woman's body for hundreds of years? Is. just make a different demon or don't make this a paranormal activity movie overall i'm happy to have watched them it was a pop culture gap of mine and honestly a fun watch along have either of you seen wreck another found footage franchise i think would be a great episode when you cover it especially having watched these anyway paranormal activity top tier top tier cult culture episode so thanks also fuck robbie uh, thanks so much, Cheese. I've seen Wreck and Wreck Two a number of times. I I I adore Wreck. I've I also seen Rick them a, a number of times. Film. Nice. Do you adore them? No, no. The number is zero. Ah, Wreck <laughs> uh, Two. I've I've called down on over the years, and I never saw mm. three and four, which sound pretty bad. Four. Um, yeah. Wow. But Wreck Two, Wreck One, Wreck One, so scary. So, and and do you know what though? Not scary at all till the last five minutes of the film, and then it's maybe the scariest movie I've ever seen. It's what, so that's cool. what I understand is that, like, because they made Quarantine, right? Is the American remake? Quarantine's an American And the remake. poster for it is the final shot. Yeah. Because they're like, <laughs> hmm, how do we market this film? It's like, well, let's do the only mm. interesting part of the film. Mm. Well, that's not, that's not entirely fair, but yeah, pretty much. Have you seen Quarantine? Um, yeah. Is yep. it the only interesting part of the film? Uh, yes. Do you want to read this next comment from also named Vinny? Not our usual yeah. regular Vinny. Not our not our norm from Cheers equivalent. I assume I have never seen Cheers, but that that's what the other what the the original Vinny feels like to me is our norm from Cheers. Because right. when he walks in, everyone goes Vinny. Vinny, original Vinny. <sighs> but this is not that Vinny. This is also named. Vinny. But also that like this is the first Vinny we're coming across in the episode. So confusing stuff. Yeah so men in black uh has reiterated like cheese i think men in black one was my one of my favorite movies growing up and one that i still quite enjoy for some reason i constantly quote the scene where vincent d'onofrio's character walks outside and says the only thing that pulls its weight around here is my goddamn truck 
and then the saucer <laughs> crashes into it and he just goes figures <laughs> <laughs> on the topic of vincent d'onofrio i think he plays the part of an alien inside human skin is extremely well when he keeps asking for the sugar in his water and saying more more <laughs> he walks so that kylo ren's screaming more meme could run <laughs> there were a few things that bugged me get it hmm uh though jay says nypd know what that stands for knock your punk ass down it literally can't knock it has a k in it god you could come up with another word right surely like what's another n word he could have said there shut up (laughs) shut up i wasn't going (laughs) like that's a good point like i'm gonna look up i'm gonna look up n words i'm gonna do it we're doing it live on the podcast nest nose navel nerves in words for kids <laughs> <laughs> this is on playosmo.com all right list of in words for kids nail i'll nail your ass down oh yeah i will nurse your ass down i will ninja your ass down nice i will nut your ass down <laughs> I'll nut inside your ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and then the second thing that uh, bugged Vinny is how giant the roach inside of Edgar was at the end of the movie. Like it goes from human size to this mammoth thing. I think that's somewhat true of insects though. Yeah, I think it can compact into itself. Mm. Yeah. And it's, you know, like all curled up and shit. Mm. Men in Black 2. Wow, we wow. Such a sharp fall off from the original. In the post office scene to prove that they were aliens, Jay just kind of beatboxes and all the <laughs> aliens speak to that beatboxing language. Also, the, that feels like a Will Smith note, right? The, like Will Smith was like, hey, why don't I beatbox? <laughs> the the beatboxing alien is, I think, um, is Bismarck E. The rapper. Ah, okay. um, fun fact. Uh, then Kay go, agrees to go on a little drive with Jay so he can try to convince him to refresh his memory. Well, I looked it up and that little drive from Truro, Massachusetts to NYC is six hours. It's a big <laughs> leap of faith. What do they talk about on the drive there? Kay doesn't remember Jay, so that must have been an awkward car ride. I think in Men in Black 1, they showed the right amount of aliens, but they wanted to go bigger with the different types they showed. Um... But I think that less would have been more because so many just seemed ridiculous. Bullchinian? Come on. Oh, Bullchinian's a classic. You can't get rid of the Bullchinian. <laughs> after, the after they neuralize David Cross's character, he gets a shovel and calls down to his mama. We are left to believe the implication was he was going to kill her. All Jay said was to move out of his mom's house. I hate that joke. I didn't bring it up on the podcast, but I hate that joke. He, yeah, these like he neuralizes him and so, tells him to get out of his mum's house, and then it ends with David Cross's character picks up a shovel and goes, "Hey, mom." That feels like a mean spirited Family Guy joke in like the middle of a film with a completely different sense yeah. of humor. Well, okay, I I, 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 I don't know. And we didn't need to bring Family. I don't guy know why you why you're calling Family Guy mean spirited when you're just attacking them for no reason. <laughs> uh men in black three i like this one a little bit better than two but god i could not stand how boris the animal sounded <laughs> it hurts because i love jermaine clement a huge fly of the concords fan but every time boris talked i wanted to rip my ears off i liked the time travel stuff i thought jay's arc with the watch and his father was a nice addition to the story and yeah. um 
Yeah, it was interesting. You see, it as a huge uh, Flight of the Concords fan, so I was just going to be. I I would have thought, well, it's just the New Zealand accent you don't like, then I guess. <laughs> um, and then Cheese has retorted to part of that and says the NYPD joke is funnier because it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Um, and th- th- this stuff was sent at like. 2.30 this morning our time and people being like oh assuming recording hasn't happened yet like it was supposed to happen it was supposed to happen like yeah AJ was too tired I'm too tired uh, I can read this Vinny, also name Vinny's thoughts on paranormal activity if you like oh yeah yeah sure, sure. yeah um also named Vinny Says on Paranormal Activity, which I will be reading. Uh, I remember going to see this in theatres when I was in like 8th or ninth grade. How old is that? I've heard it's like a year. It's the year in front of what we would call the number. It'd be like 13 or 14 probably. Yeah, I think yeah, I think 8th grade is like our year 9, but I could be wrong. Well, 8th grade is like in the movie 8th grade. Yeah. But you don't have you don't have thirteenth grade, do you? It ends at twelfth grade. Well, you have like after eighth grade, you go to like um, junior, senior, sophomore. Yeah, yeah, freshman. yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying like the last the last grade you are at high school is twelfth. Is that correct? I don't, I, I whereas whereas we we in, go up New Zealand. we go up to year thirteen is where I was mm. what my point that I was making. Uh, I remember seeing it when I was in eighth or ninth grade and really liking it. I think it was my first experience with found footage movies. Was just so far off the beaten path to anything I'd seen before. It inspired me to watch the sequels for Paranormal Activity two. The classic and furious sequel trope was maintained. The, the trope <laughs> of a bad sequel. Um, I didn't really think the idea. I think it added that much. I did like Paranormal Activity three as something different for the franchise following the girls from previous movies around as children something about small children that make spooky movies a little spookier i agree though paranormal activity this franchise has too many spooky children i think it becomes tired too spooky Yeah, too spooky. Then I finished Paranormal Activity 4, and this is when I realized I've been fucking duped. I don't have to watch all these movies just because Richard and AJ do. They are cursed to watch shitty sequels, not me. That's my way of saying I think Paranormal Activity 4 was poopy, and I didn't watch any more after that. You know what? More power to you, also named Vinny. Fair enough. Yeah, although I think, you know, there's a somewhat of an expectation that you should be <laughs> watching along with us. <laughs> uh we've got another I another thoughts from star trek nema bliss very good this is our friend bliss having a star trek themed name, name. For, for the month presumably because we're going to be doing star trek for a long yeah, time well, you know, we're not going to be changing the adult zone <laughs> let me just say that much <laughs> <laughs> so quick thoughts enjoyed men in black enough the cgi effects was something that i was oddly nostalgic for probably because i saw the movie at the drive-in when i was so young that i barely remember it, remember it at all barely remember two and the only thing i can recall about three so there's a bit of a theme here as <laughs> uh, the obnoxious guy who can see through time i entirely disliked his speech at the end of the film about how our agent's friend's friendship was the most important friendship in the universe like what hardly he was too obnoxious and i know obnoxious mm. uh, very nice yeah i mean we are shown that that friendship does save the universe 
<laughs> so, so maybe it actually is. The maybe, maybe it is. I mean, I, I feel like the the way that's written, it's like like what hardly is like Bliss is taking offense, to, <laughs> personal offense to that. That it's like, well, I've got some pretty close friends, you know. <laughs> uh, good stuff and bad movies. Just wanted to give a shout out to Edward Glenn or Glenda. This nineteen fifty three film is extremely poorly made, but it does make a genuine attempt at a pro trans message. Of course, it does ultimately fumble the message in the end. A nineteen fifty three attempt to do so should be commended. Edward, in general, seems to have a very forward thinking mind, but he can't tell a story worth shit. Watched Paranormal Activity 1 the other day. Hated it, mostly. Especially the main male lead. He was horrible to the girl and literally broke every promise he made towards her. She should have left him early on. I said I would buy a Ouija board, he says. Fuck that shit. He's an awful, awful boyfriend. Honestly. He actually says I won't buy a Ouija board. (laughs) I uh, are. He borrows one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, his torment of her did lead me to think about the themes of the original film. I noticed that there was a significant turn in the female lead's attitudes towards him, as well as her sanity, as soon as he went so far as to say, this is all your fault to her. In addition... Well, she also gets possessed or some shit toward the yeah. end as well, so maybe that's the change of personality. <laughs> in addition to the ominous implications that the psychic laid forth about the house prior to the demon's arrival do you think that the demon is meant to be a manifestation of their relationship in physical form ultimately she does turn to destroy him as soon as he starts victim shaming her it makes sense to me that the first more independent film would be have a more down-to-earth message that doesn't necessarily correlate to the lore established later Hmm. yeah i think that's that's a good point i think yeah it's like like you say it's um feasible that yeah there is maybe a deeper meaning intended for the uh for the first film Mm. um i mean that's just the oren pally style that's that's what oren pally's famous for Um, that and his vast wealth mm, yeah okay so now what we've got to do richard is we're going to go over to some voice messages that have been sent in from two of our patrons who are starting to become almost uh sometimes hosts it's starting to feel like over here at, at cold popshire please everyone else send in your voice messages like not that these guys aren't enough or that we're sick of them but it's cool to get more voices last month we had also named Vinny send in a voice message send in your voice messages let's start with one from original recipe Vinny with a message called agent v do you want to listen to that one first i sure do all righty let's start it going you ready to go yep three two one hey guys Vinny here my relationship with the men in black franchise is that the first movie is one of my mom's most favorite movies so it is very much one of those movies that she waited for me to come of age for so we could both enjoy it and I remember we got the VHS from a a Goodwill because we were just shopping one day for clothes and I saw and she was like oh we gotta get that one we got it and then probably like a year or two later we sat down and watched it together and we instantly just like bonded over this for the first movie especially over just enjoying Vincent D'Onofrio entire performance it has forever changed the way me and her have talked about sugar in that i remember times when i've helped her bake something when i was little and the shorthand for me getting the sugar would just be her looking at me sugar sugar (laughs) 
I don't have any other special memories with the rest of the franchise. I enjoyed 3, 2 was watchable, and I didn't even bother watching International. So I can't really discuss any of that. But what I am here is to discuss the Men in Black 2 PS2 game oh. that came out with the second movie's release. Here I am continuing me playing shitty licensed games based off Will Smith movies after the disastrous Bad Boys Miami Takedown. The full title is Men in Black 2 Alien Escape. The story of the, of the video game is that some alien prisoner ship was transporting some of the most deadliest prisoners of the entire galaxy crash landed on Earth and it's up to J and K to go hunt down and find any survivors and try and find what, find out what happened. And in typical bad license game fashion, the likenesses for anyone from the film is non-existent in this. J and K are generic guys. Um, Zed is just a generic, almost like J. Jonah Jameson type, where he's like, go out there and find it. Go find the truth out there. Blah, blah, blah. Off the bat, the gameplay is horrible. It's, it's a very early PS2 game where, for some reason, the idea of a shooter, they feared the concept of using the trigger buttons to shoot. Ugh. And you don't control your character with both thumbsticks. It's only the left one. So you're doing the job of two thumbsticks with the left one, and it feels like shit. <laughs> it's like a very bad tank you're controlling in the middle of this very fast uh, shooting gameplay. And also, the difficulty is bullshit. You walk into a room and are immediately surrounded by aliens at points, and the controls are so shit where I'm just taking damage no matter what. I cannot help but take damage from this motherfucking game. So, I did what any sensible person will do. I enabled cheat codes. <laughs> I am not above that. I did that for bad boys. I will do this for this game because I want to know the story, but I also want to keep my sanity and not break my PS2 controller. The game is split into five different sections where you're looking for one uh, distinct prisoner that escaped. You would play in the docks, a nuclear power plant a global corporation, the New York streets, and finally the maximum security spaceship to fight the big bad who planned this escape for everyone. Uh, one notable thing is you hunt down an alien arms dealer called Grok, and in his like crime photo that Zed gives you to like look for him, he has an apron on that says Pimp Daddy, which I found was interesting. The soundtrack for the game at points is like... The bass is set to a point where it just sounds like a constant fart is going on while you're fighting these aliens with, you know, generic laser sounds. Just it calls it fart, which I think is a good way to explain how the game is. One of the regular enemies that you uh, fight just looks like Doomsday, the Superman villain. So it's like I'm turning the corner and here's this giant alien that has the capability of killing Superman and I one shot it. No problem. <laughs> there is very minimal dialogue from the character you choose to play as when you're in the level. It's mainly you at the start of the mission you, you pick Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. J 
or K. And the little dialogue you get is like I, generic, yeah, or take that. Or when they're getting healed, J says, feeling good. And K goes, never felt better. <laughs> Just over and over again. It's so fucking bad. All the bosses are the same. It's you get, you run and you're chasing the alien throughout the level. They get to a spot where they're either hard to shoot at or they get in a mech and you got to shoot all around and it's just jump around shoot with this very bad controls onto the next one the cheats i enabled were you know invincibility all top level uh weapons and even then this was very much a chore to slog through because I had to just try and fight against the bad controls. That was the only enemy I had left to conquer after I enabled all these cheats. Like, boss battles that should have taken, like, seconds because I was so OP. I, I had to just try and f just aim at them. Just try and aim at this very big boss in this very small arena. That is how bad this fucking game is. I did some research and found that the developer for it no longer exists, which, you know... And I don't want to say that they deserved it, but they deserved it. But yeah, so this game is shit. No one should play it. And also the PS1 game is shit. I didn't, I never played it, but I did have a cousin who owned it and I messaged her recently and she goes, yeah, that game was bad. We got it at like five bucks at a closing down, um, blockbuster. So eh, I very much look forward to eventually playing the Independence Day game and whenever that is covered. <laughs> Take care. Isn't it interesting that they would call it Men in Black 2 Alien Escape hmm. and then it's not the story of Men in Black 2? Like, why wouldn't you just call it Men in Black Alien Escape even if it's tying into the second yeah. film, you know? Um, I am so enormously fascinated by reviews of licensed games for a couple of reasons one they don't make these games anymore like mm. they don't make movie tie-in games it's it's an art form that's been completely left in the dust um for, and for a while too and i think that's really interesting and also because like i've always wanted to know what happened in these games but never wanted to play them yeah. so i've i there's a youtube channel i watch called mini me that does that specializes in this kind of thing it's great because there are some like right right before they stopped making them there were some crazy licensed games there were like there was like a sopranos ps2 game mm. and a god godfather and godfather 2 had an xbox game and stuff like like it's crazy. The the last ever vocal performance of Marlon Brando can be hear, heard in the Godfather game behind a door in the hospital when he when when Vito Corleone gets shot and you you can go up to the hospital door and if you stay there you can hear the last recorded like performance of Marlon Brando behind the door wow. that they recorded for this game. So pretty pretty interesting stuff. Like? really bad that's why they put it behind a door is that he was not doing very well <laughs> um yeah no that what do you think that sounds pretty interesting that that game yeah i might um i might check it out <laughs> <laughs> no, thank the you Vinny. genuinely like a great um it's a great it's a great it's sort of like rachel reading the book mm. material like it's it's a it's a good uh an intern task that we could assign to video <laughs> like, and we're doing star trek now are there any star trek games maybe yeah maybe we you can try maybe... <laughs> uh yeah no I mean, it's fascinating like the thing about the licensed games is that like yeah they are just rushed because they mm. go, oh, you know, let's make a game, and games take a lot longer to make than movies, or they should do at mm. least. And mm. yeah, they they just and, and so I th and that might be as well why the um it's not the storyline because that 
you know mm, or if they're yeah. like hey we're going to make a men in black sequel make us a game mm. to tie into it before they even have a script or mm. what, what would be the, the smart thing to do would be for developers to make um and and spend years making an entire game that can really easily be asset swapped and then when mm. a movie tie-in comes along you go okay it's batman fine the main character is batman now yeah and he's fighting aliens he's fighting aliens <laughs> To tie into Robert Pattinson's very grounded <laughs> version. All right, next voice message is from Dan from Honolulu. Are you ready to play this? Yep. All righty. Three, two, one. Aloha also means hello. It's me, Dan from Honolulu, here to talk about Men in Black and Paranormal Activity. Big fan of Men in Black. Big fan of the episode. Awesome stuff as usual. It felt like an old school cult pop show episode, maybe because it's kind of an old school kind of franchise to cover, as he talked about. Um, my haiku review for Men in Black 1 is, line deliveries are absolutely perfect across the damn board. There's no joke there. Just a great movie. I mean, I can't think of a single person for that movie, no matter how minor their performance, that I would want to recast. Every everyone down down the line, just amazing, just ah, amazing performances, amazing script. Uh, really happy y'all cover that franchise, and thank you for uh, talking about Men in Black Three as favorably as it should be. Um, definitely the second strongest, which I understand isn't the 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 highest bar to clear, but <laughs> is what it is. Now I paranormal activity. I went in kind of hyped. I'm really into found footage horror. I've, I've watched quite a lot of them. Um, you know, Ghost Watch, uh, all the bad Ben films, uh, quite a few others. And I was really disappointed by this series. I only watched the first one, the third one. And uh, I kind of get annoyed when someone says they're bored by a movie because I'm like, okay, why were you bored? Uh, turns out this one is boring to me because <laughs> I don't like this fucking guy. And you could take that sentence i just said and apply it to every single fucking paranormal activity as far as i understand <laughs> i don't like this fucking guy uh the boyfriend sucks the dad sucks everyone kind of just i don't know where's the flavor where's the personality you know uh whatever uh here's my haiku review for the first one the demon just wants to save her from marrying his pedantic ass um <laughs> Before I ask you a question that I would like you to discuss, uh, I just want to say that their house was ridiculously empty. I, it was like they rented an Airbnb for the weekend or something. Like there was no evidence they actually lived there, which I guess is kind of the point. They just moved in, whatever. But you could at least have a bit more mess. Like, come on. Uh, and I cannot believe they're getting married. I'm really glad that he fucking died <laughs> so she doesn't have to marry him. Good job, Toby. Uh, <laughs> speaking of that, what level of haunting would it take for you to not marry the person of your dreams? Because, you know, watching Insidious, watching this, it made me think, huh, you know, <laughs> what would I do? You know, what level of haunting <laughs> would maybe go, uh, thanks, but no thanks. You're an amazing, you're the best person I've ever met in my entire life. Um, but sorry, I can't do this. I certainly would, I think, for this person. As amazing as she is, I don't think I'd be able to deal with with uh, this Toby. Uh, on that note, as my friend Rachel said, 
I don't know why they went in all in on Toby, like David S. Pumpkins kind of thing. Like they could have made an anthology, just like you said. And I just don't understand why they thought they had to stick with the same family for more than one, you know, just like you said, make it a final destination situation. It would have been a lot more interesting. I don't know. And so I watched Paranormal Activity 3 because I was like, all right, whatever. I'm, I'm just going to skip to 3 because Rachel's watching it. And uh, here's my haiku review, which I think sums up a lot of my thoughts. Randy doesn't look. He's from 1988. Clearly has MySpace. Now, the whole, you know, not looking like it's actually made in the 80s thing with the aspect ratio or the quality or honestly, not a lot of the stuff was accurate for what a film would look like from 1988 but the dad's friend clearly isn't an emo band like there's no (laughs) ifs and or buts about it this guy does not look like he has a neat track in his collection yeah he he does not look like he has seen the year 1978 in his life yeah um just don't understand why they couldn't make him look more period accurate. It was 2011 by that point, <laughs> you know? I don't know. I guess you can take it's, tell it's 2011 by that point. Um, but, yeah, I just I just don't understand how y'all rank this above Men in Black. I mean, I just don't know why I enjoy this series much at all. I mean, more parried to you. I just I don't get it. I mean, okay, all right. Yeah, I, I get it. You hate the rank segment more than anyone else. But <laughs> I just want to file my dissent officially. Um, but enough about me. I want to hear <laughs> how you feel about, you know, finding out that the person you're dating, find out that they're haunted by some sort of demon or apparition or any other paranormal sort of baggage. You know, what, what, what would stop you? Would you, would you date a Babadook? A Babadook haunted woman? Would you would you date a, a D-book? Who knows? I want to know. Aloha also means goodbye. I think um first thing I want to say is like the the whole like it doesn't look like it was filmed in the 80s thing. Like that's so annoying to me because that feels like why you would make the movie is like mm. why you would make a footage in which the camera is part of the story. That's why you would do it in the 80s, I guess. And yeah. the only thing I can think of is they wanted it to be a prequel more than they wanted it to be a period piece. So they were like, ah, yeah, let's... That, that's, the, that's the thing. Like, I... Uh, uh, from, a like, a pedantic point of view, it's like, oh, this doesn't actually look period accurate. But it is, like, I understand from a... Just from a filmmaking point of view and, like, a studio point of view and, like, all this stuff that it's, like, it just wouldn't actually makes like you wouldn't be able to sell a film that looks that shit i think there could have been a midway point though they could have made it look like they could have filmed it on modern cameras and then brought it back to like looking a bit more 90 yeah I, I like it's something that i'm not actually that upset about but it was it's just it's worth I, i'm losing sleep over it okay well speaking of losing sleep yeah dan's question dan's question so i think there's actually a real life uh, application of this question right because i definitely think i could like not want to marry the love of my life if they were like in a state of mental unwellness you know like if they were right. not to not to be too serious or too miserable but i think i think some sometimes like it can get to the point where someone is just so unwell that there's nothing you can do for them and it's 
it's tearing your life apart as well. But mm. the other kind of like equivalent to this is like, is their family really shit? Are you marrying into like, because that's almost more what it is, right? Is their, is their family fucked up? And I think I would still marry someone if their family was fucked up. So would I still marry I someone if they had a- see them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but would, would I still marry someone if they were haunted? Because that's kind of a combination of those two things. I don't know. Yeah, like certainly like the level it gets to, I don't want to get killed. Well, maybe mm. I maybe I love someone so much that I would lay my life down, you know. But to then, try and like, protect them. It, to what end? Like, you're not protecting them or anything like that. It's just no. I'm going behind their back and buying a Ouija board and making it worse. No, we're not buying it. You said you were. Uh, sorry, I didn't buy one, did I? <laughs> <laughs> I? I borrowed one. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'd I'd dip out pretty quickly. You would dip out before the ghosts were even confirmed. You would dip out if you were just a little bit, like, if you thought that maybe... Okay, well, where did this come from, AJ? <laughs> because you you get spooked. Yeah, but I, I'm also a very loyal partner, so... Mm. Mm. I actually... What I said was actually being quite... Uh, quite out of character for me. What did you say? Then I said I would leave immediately. All oh, right, you still did say it though. Yeah, but then you were like, "Yeah, typical rich." Yeah, you fucking suck as a partner, eh? <laughs> You'd like leave like immediately, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. Well, we've got um two more uh messages from the original recipe, Vinny. This one is called the shipped gold standard. You ready? Mm-hmm. All righty, three, two, one. It's your boy, Skinny Penis, here to add my golden knowledge to the conversation. So first off, I am a former employee of Dunkin' Donuts, and I want to chime in that the scene with Dunkachino, that was in the training video I received once I got hired. It was almost like a, a jump scare. In that it was a part of a section where it started talking about like safety, you know, within the kitchen, how, you know, we all like to have fun, sometimes too much fun. <laughs> then it cut to Dunkachino, but it was like really fast. This is how it played out. We all want to have fun at work. Maybe be aware of having too much fun. Dunkachino! But it's very important too. <laughs> and then it, it just went on like that. So I want to, I almost want to believe that they didn't want to get sued by like the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, studio yeah. for using a clip. So they very quickly put the Dunkachino and almost wanted no one to notice that it was from a movie. <laughs> you have no idea how happy I am that my four months of working at Dunkin' Donuts has finally paid <laughs> off. Now onto something else that i am regrettably an expert on is that aj you mentioned how the onceler became like a, a little sensation to see on tiktok for you oh no 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 dear boy oh no 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 the onceler has been a fan favorite for fangirls since the release of the lorax in 2012 specifically on tumblr look Right now, I feel like Thanos in Infinity War when he goes, you're not the only one cursed with knowledge. <laughs> the Onceler was unstoppable on 2012 Tumblr, let me tell you. 2012 was the year of antagonists who wear green that fangirls love. You had the Onceler and you had Loki. And my god, 
how many fan edits I saw back in the day of either of these men. But the Onceler was just so weird to me. Like, Loki, I understood. I understood. Like, yeah, you know, it feels like he was tailor-made for, like, the Tumblr fangirls. Same way how Super Hulak was, like, all the rage back then. Sorry, let me explain. Super Hulak was the f- was the culmination of Supernatural, Doctor Who, and Sherlock fans for the uninitiated. But back to the <laughs> Onceler, I saw so many just gifts of like the Onceler just doing random shit, just like in- from the movie, just like he's walking and just the comments, "Ugh, I need him" and stuff like that. So I decided to load up my old Tumblr <laughs> and to look up the Onceler tag and to see ancient memes from from past. Uh, one thing I immediately found was a bunch of fan fiction. My favorite titled, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, 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 Onceler with Reader. And here are the warnings for it. Smut, 18+, Porn Without Plot, PNV, Protected Sex, Oral, parentheses, Male is Receiving. Just beautiful stuff right <laughs> Thank there. You for clarifying. Um, I have another one. Guys, my boyfriend broke up with me, but good thing I have the Onceler. Glorious. Glorious. I have a gif of him just going rar, which, <laughs> yeah, that brings me back. Um, I have some kind of Picross art made of him. I will be sharing all these in the Discord, don't you worry. I have, oh my god, I have a fucking blingy uh, picture of him with glitter, with love and my love on it. So, look... I was, I have been sitting on this information for over a decade because not many of my friends have been on Tumblr. They can't relate to the thing, to the shit I have seen. And I am here to share with you that no, 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 the once there being a thing is, isn't new. It is of ancient times being. <laughs> also, I want to share that I will log in onto my old Tumblr. I wanted to see who are the last few people I had messages with, uh, two of which. Were from like close friends I had back then. One of them is now a flat earther, not the same flat earther I talked about in the my Karate Kid cult elder thing, but also another person I had recently messaged from years ago was Throat Goat. So I just think it's so funny. Like, uh, I really can't escape you, can I? <laughs> Alrighty, well, I wonder how Throat Goat ref- feels about um. They're being referred to as throat goat on a, Bunny, that's a your, podcast that's your, that some people will see. That's your homework for next episode: is to mm. let this person know mm. that you have talked about them on a podcast and call them throat goat, and get the reaction to that. So yeah, I'd love to, be I would fun. Love to know. Uh, a, a little bit of update since we recorded the Golden in the Hills episode. I watched the Lorax uh, that evening. Like, what I said did I you would. think? Uh, it's not bad. It's, it's yeah, like you said, it's it's an interesting way to, um, and it feels very, um, authentic, like an, to, an organic expounding upon. Yeah, the selling the air yeah. and everything like that. But yeah, then, because yeah. I, I watched it with Jess, and like neither of us had seen it, but Jess has actually never read the book, and I was wow. like, the, the book is so good. <laughs> like, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. so once we finished the movie she was going to go to bed and I was like, no, 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 no. And then I, I put on YouTube, like just, um, essentially like an audio book of the book. That's you yeah, know, yeah. like, like someone just reading the book aloud and fuck The book is so good. Mm. It's so good. It's like, Oh man. So you said the movie is not bad. Is there another way you could phrase that? Maybe. Could you maybe say there's gold in them, their hills perchance, perhaps. 
No, I can't think of the expression right now. <laughs> We've got one final message also from uh, Vincent called Mix Busters. So we can play that now in three, two, one. Hola, amigos. Es Vicente. Estoy hablando Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones. Eh, <coughs> sorry, a factory reset it right there. Uh, anyways, I'm here <laughs> to review Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, but not in terms of its quality of, as a film, because it is shit. I'm here to review how seen I felt watching this Latino spinoff made for me. It's not every day a big franchise tries to pander to a Latino audience, and I feel like it is my duty as a whitewashed Mexican to review yeah. <laughs> if this would make me want to watch more of the Paranormal Activity franchise. For research's sake, I did the unrated extended cut of this movie just to really make sure I got every single second that was made to pander to me. Right off the bat, the setting being in Oxnard, California for a, a Latino community is actually very well done because just so you know, uh, Oxnard is where a good majority of produce for Southern California is grown, specifically strawberries. It is known for like, if you want the best strawberries in, Cal in Southern California specifically, go to Oxnard. And that is where, unfortunately, some very underpaid immigrant labor is at just picking the fruit. And could this movie have done better at representing the plight of the Latino family in such a city as Oxnard? They could have, but hey, we get baby steps, everyone. Um, the fact that they have a chihuahua named Chavo is a very spot on. Want to point out at, at three minutes and four seconds into the film, at the big party of the apartments after the graduation, there was a big tub of horchata scene. And honestly, oh. I was so happy to see that because look, if you don't have that fine detail in a movie like this, then what's even the point of making this film? The MVP of this movie for me is the character Hector. I love him. He is the type of guy I grew up with. Just the fellow Latino, like, he's always the funny one. He's got amazing jokes. His shirts are great. One saying, I just look illegal. <laughs> and the other one said, powered by frijoles. <laughs> uh, very on point with Anna and her depiction to the rest of the community in the apartment now all the uh, all the older adults are like oh she's a bruja she's a witch like yeah no that's very common that there's this very one person in the neighborhood that everyone doesn't like and they're like oh they just make up shit about them. like oh they fucking practice witchcraft don't fuck with her uh, the scene of Jesse and Hector lighting up the fireworks they got from Tijuana is very very accurate dude I it is currently, I am recording this August 8th. Fourth of July was a month ago. There's still fucking fireworks going off in my neighborhood at like 1 a.m. I am so fucking sick of it. And honestly, watching this was like, you know what? This is the most researched scene I've ever seen for a Latino spinoff. Because holy fuck, do they just love getting fireworks and just keep firing them off in the middle of the fucking night. After Anna dies and Jesse's trying to get Hector to go investigate the apartment and Hector calls him Sherlock Holmes. Holy shit. I had to pause and just die laughing at that. that as well as them investigating and them struggling to read Spanish. Like, yeah, no, I feel that. that I feel very seen in this moment right now. The scene where they're getting corn from a street vendor and then immediately just feel like shitting themselves. Like, yeah, no. Unfortunately, as good as street vendor food is, you very much are playing Russian roulette if your stomach is going to betray you after all. Like, look, I want to support local Latino businesses, but 
I have been fucked a few mo- too many times to trust all vendors. Hector and Jesse taking those two girls they got from the Kane Asada and taking them to Anna's and just trying to figure out a way to like be private with them instead of taking them to his mom's is like so fucking relatable. Holy <laughs> shit. And then when Jesse's alone with Penelope and she deadass looks him in the eyes and seriously goes, I want you to fuck the shit out of me. Yeah. 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 Like... Lots of guys, they they don't know how serious Latinas are on a date. Like, no, this is very, they are very on point, very clear communications. Like, men who say women don't communicate have never had a Latina. Because they will tell you dead ass what they want and how good they want it. Uh, Mom, <laughs> if you're listening to this episode, um, I've never even held hands with a woman. I don't even know what sex is. I'm a very pure boy. I'm a good, good raised boy. And yeah. One major negative I found in the film was in the scene where uh, Jesse freaks out at the market. There's a shot of him standing next to the Mexican sweetbread and he doesn't just grab a handful to relieve his stress. That is where I say, no, this is wrong. If I was possessed by a demon of some sort and I was stressed, I would still have the wherewithal to grab the Mexican sweetbread and eat it to try and feel better. This movie is a failure in this scene. It is just a hate crime in this scene. The fucking egg cleanse that the grandma does on Jesse. Oh my god. These older Mexican people and their fucking eggs. Oh, let me just say a prayer and get this egg all around you. Oh, it'll make you feel better. No, shut the... This is some weird superstitious shit you got after being Catholic all your life but still believe in like this one old tradition of like semi-witchcraft. I was also going to give a big negative for them going to like the address of like all the witches. But until I saw that they pulled up with all the guns in the trunk, like, thank you. Thank you. Finally, some fucking geniuses. That's not some dumb white shit where it's like, let's go just without any weapons. Let's go go to the center of evil without being strapped. No, these dudes came prepared and I yelled fuck yeah at the screen when I saw them just shooting these witches point blank with a shotgun. I was so fucking happy. This is my endgame now. That was my endgame moment. Holy fucking shit. Um, And yeah, so I think this is... A pretty alright Latino spinoff. Got some good things in there. Got some, eh, you missed a little detail in there. But but at the end of the day, I think this was worth to try and do a Latino spinoff. Now, it also failed in that I realized if I watch the rest of this series, I will not be seen in the rest of this franchise. Because it's probably just going to be weird fuckers just running around all day with their tapes. Oh yeah, the tapes. So the scene where they discover Anna's um, tape collection... I felt seen because my fucking grandma has hoarded so many VHS tapes of telenovelas she has recorded over the decades. Like, hoarding tapes, I tell you. It's a fucking safety hazard in that house. Her just batches of tapes of novellas she swears she will get around to watching. Woman, that tape is from the late 90s, early 2000s, and you think the video quality is still going to be good to watch old novellas that no one fucking remembers. Ugh. Um, anyways, so yeah, I think solid Latino spinoff. I don't care for the rest of the franchise. I pray and hope that I feel as seen in Blue Beetle when that comes out. I do, I do love, um, 
Vinny's uh, sort of approach to cult elders voice messages where he sort of like looks for like a niche to to fulfill mm. that we maybe didn't talk about or or didn't discuss. But I am worried he's also starting to use it as his like uh, sexual <laughs> diary <laughs> to, to just let all this information out somewhere. And you know what? Maybe that's okay. It's his information. What mm. do we care if we're broadcasting it? <laughs> yeah. I couple of things. Uh the Mexican sweet bread I've I've Googled. It looks delicious. I haven't I haven't had it mm. before. But I did when I was in the States last year and I and I met up with Vinny. And we yeah, he, he made sure I got some good horchata because uh, we don't really have it in New Zealand. I've never seen it here. And mm. yeah, he was like, you, you, for the first time having it, we it was a train station in California all across the road from it. There was, we found like a little hole in the wall Mexican place. He's like, you need to have it where it's been made by, it's a big vat of it being made by a Mexican, an old Mexican woman since like the crack of dawn. And we had it and oh, so good. And then I found out later on that you can just get it from 7-Eleven. They have it. And I was like, Vinny, you don't need the authentic stuff. They got it right here, buddy. <laughs> and yeah, it's. I mean, if you haven't had it before, it's like, it's, I mean, it tastes like the cinnamon milk left behind on a cinnamon toast crunch but because it's rice milk it's not as like heavy mm. it's, it's so good i so i've been obsessed with the idea of horchata after watching american vandal yeah. uh season two in which it's a pivotal plot element and of course referred to as the superior beverage yeah. um and uh i was once on a date with a vegan and went we went to this mexican place in town uh and i was like i'm only gonna order vegan to like impress them yeah and then was like so i ordered like a vegan uh you know burrito or whatever and then i saw they had horchata and i was like oh can i get a glass of it like real excited i was like they have horchata they have the superior beverage and i bought it and it wasn't a vegan version so it just completely like just like lost all my clout because I got excited about seeing Horchata on a menu <laughs> and forgot I was on a date. It was immediately like, I'm getting the Horchata. <laughs> How was it? Uh, it was all right. It was a cinnamony chocolate milk. I don't think it was like as authentic oh, yeah. as it's maybe, well, unless I just don't like it. But, well, I, I liked it, but I didn't think it was amazing. Wow. Anyway. Hey, that's another meeting adjourned for the month. As we said, the next one will be out a little later in in next month. So we're going to, the, the schedule is going to be knocked around a bit, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider following us on all the places, Twitter and Instagram, at Cold Popsha. You can jump in the Discord. You can go to patreon.com slash Popsha, where you can become one of the elders yourself, or you can do a bunch of other stuff. You can tell us which movies we can watch. You can uh, listen to exclusive podcasts that we still haven't recorded for last month, and yeah. it's now halfway through the next month. Um, fun stuff like that that happens all the time uh and you can also be part of the post credit scene where you get to give us something to talk about which is coming at you right after this music ends richard do you have any final words to say uh i do yeah hmm? well i can't wait to hear them. <laughs> thank you for listening everybody and we'll see you next month oh.
Welcome along to the post credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about and this is the post credit scene. And if you have never sent in a post credit scene before, now is the time to do it because we are running out of post credit scenes and seem to be only getting them from the same four to five people uh, i try to i try to make sure no one has this like we don't repeat anyone like i try to make at least 10 episodes between repeat uh post-credit scene submissions uh and that is becoming harder and harder so please you'll, you'll have been sent a message on patreon if you're a patron of over five dollars or more um so please respond to that and give us a couple of questions which we can answer richard who is today's one from and what is it today's one comes to us from benjamin adams who says who is your favorite actor and actress right now where you see that one of them will be in a movie and you're immediately excited to go see that movie mm. favorite actor at the moment i reckon is uh maybe um lakeith stanfield yeah i was I really gonna say like. lakeith stanfield um mm-hmm. david destmalchian yeah david um, Destmalchian's great people that like you know anything they're gonna be in uh is like um they're good at picking roles is the main thing and mm. then i would have said that about adam driver as well but the last movie i saw of his was 65 which was like oh maybe this guy doesn't have as good of a shit together yeah (laughs) um and then actresses Mm. i really like um (laughs) what Uh, just how we were like oh (laughs) i really like um zazy beats i like seeing and things i think she's cool i think um jesse buckley i really love i love watching jesse buckley yeah hell yeah florence Pugh, not the most original you know that's everyone's favorite at the moment yeah florence Pugh's one that i've like now that she's like mainstream it's like yeah i don't have the same excitement of like Mm. oh yeah she's she's doing it you know um right she's succeeded and it's boring now <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i'm looking looking for like um the good uh underdogs um yeah zazy beats is a fantastic answer um trying to think who else i've put up my letterbox i mean do you know ortega's been really good at picking roles mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i haven't watched wednesday but yeah there's there's, there's people that even though necess- i'm not necessarily there like you know like an avid fan where i'll i'll watch everything there's a bunch that like it's like someone like david dasmalchi and just seeing that oh they've got a small role in it it's like cool it's probably a good movie then and, and like Jim ortega's kind of that now i also feel that way about um new zealand up, upcoming new zealand mm. actress thomas and mckenzie i really enjoy seeing whenever she pops up in something and i think it's because i'm hoping one day i can direct her in something yeah, i hope one day she will notice me <laughs> it is less out of the question than florence Pugh noticing me i've yeah. met her mum. <laughs> <laughs> ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 